it drives my life. It's not only my job, you know, it's the thing that I've found in life that really gives me energy and that, you know, I'm, I'm almost addicted to it. You go through this progression where you just want to document some of the trips and things you see and eventually it becomes something much larger. Now it's it's my main passion in life. You know, photography has pushed me to take more adventures, travel, do things outside of my what I'm comfortable with, and I really appreciate it for that. talking about light. We had a fun conversation with Matt. A lot of interesting things came up when we chatted with Matt about his interest in photography, his love of the outdoors, and getting out with your images. introduction stuff first so oh, we yeah. forget because so, so we always forget <laughs> yeah, every time we do one of these we forget to ask the person who they are so yeah we're, we're already we're already making edits already as yeah yeah so um my name is Matt Meisenheimer and you know, I can call myself a nature photographer I mainly do landscape stuff but I've done quite a few trips to Alaska doing wildlife as well I've spent some time in Africa as well, but um, I've kind of had a unique, kind of a unique path to photography, but at the same time, it's a similar path that that many take. I graduated from college with a, a degree in wildlife ecology, and from there, I was pretty certain that I wanted to work for the National Park Service, and uh, I figured that would kind of be my, my career. Um, so I started as a what the Park Service calls a biological science technician. I worked in Denali for a while in the interior. Uh, I worked at Mount Rainier National Park for a season. And then I also spent six months living in Namibia, kind of in the bush. So my degree in biology kind of brought me to a lot of great places. And so I, I didn't mention it, but I'm from Wisconsin and that's still home for me. And growing up, I was always enamored with, you know, I'd see people backpacking and, and taking these photographs and visiting these areas. And it was something so novel to me because not a lot of people in the Midwest do that. You know, we, we don't have the mountains. People go up north and go fishing, do things like that. But no one's going on, you know, a week backpack. That kind of enamored me. And I didn't really know what I was doing, but I bought all the gear. And when I started working for the park, the actual, actually the first backpacking trip I ever went on was in Denali National Park. That's how I started. I had, you know, a very cheap camera. I think I bought like a $15 tripod on Amazon. And uh, I just went off and I started messing around as more of a, like I said, documenting trips. I returned from Alaska, uh, went to Rainier to work the next summer, and I purchased my first DSLR. I think it was a Nikon D5000. It was the first time when I went to Washington, it was the first time that I'd actually get up at sunrise and, you know, stay out until sunset. So that was kind of the progression, you know, it was learning, learning things. Then I moved on to actually, you know, shooting at sunrise, shooting at sunset, you know, getting the best light. And then I went to Africa and that was mainly wildlife. But when I returned from Africa, 
For the first time in my life, I took a dedicated photo trip. I went actually to the, the Central Cascades near Bend, Oregon, which is a beautiful area. But I went there with just the, the intent that, you know, I wanted to photograph some areas. And it kind of started from there. Once you do that, you know, you really need, you're really into it at that point. So I started taking dedicated photo trips and I, I got addicted to some of the images I, I saw and some of the processes. So I actually went on a workshop of my own. And that's kind of how I got started becoming very serious with photography but went on a workshop and from there you know every breathing moment I had I'd spend either learning something new on YouTube or reading an article or taking a trip somewhere and going going out in the field as time has gone on um, and I've looked at so many others who do such great work you know you kind of you kind of break the barrier from the technical aspect of photography to the artistic aspect you know you're not you're more reacting to a scene you're not okay you know do i need to like what should my settings be you know you kind of progress through that where you're really thinking in an artistic sense and you know how is the how's the viewer gonna you know see my image you know where's their eye gonna go you know how's my composition look does is this image gonna have an impact and so i'm I'm, that's kind of the stage I'm, I'm at now. But at the same time, I mean, no matter what level you're at, you learn something new every day. And that's, that's what I love most about it. You're, you're never going to get the same conditions. You're never going to see, you know, the, the same species doing the same thing. So it's just such a dynamic hobby. And, um, you know, I've kind of, I'm kind of babbling on, but it's, uh, no, that's okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great, allowed. You know? um, yeah. It's, so it's interesting. I also grew up in the Midwest. And my family had time to take big summer vacations. And uh, so we would travel out to the West to go backpacking. Like you said, it was just, you know, in the 70s and 80s when I was growing up, it was like unheard of for people in the Midwest to go anywhere to do anything like that. And uh, this was before like REI had stores all over the country. And, uh, (laughs) you know, it was a really different experience coming from that and and then seeing how amazing it is in the West and how many, it's just like limitless practically the, the cool places that you can go. Yeah. The, I mean, it's, a, it's unbelievable. Um, I mean, my, my favorite places are by far the, the Northwest, the diversity of landscapes in the Northwest. Yeah. I, I, uh, I really like when we're uh, in Alaska because even in the little, the little area that we go in a couple hundred mile long stretch of Southeast, there's a huge diversity in terms of what you can see there, you know, there's muskeg, there's there's glaciers, there's big fjords, there's, you know, some of the stuff is, you know, these high-sided things. Some of it also is really flat. There's there's uh, mature forest, you know, so there's lots of, it's just a really cool uh, environment. Oh, yeah, and it, it totally changes, too. I mean, um, you know, Alaska weather, I mean, you get some you know, mysterious, interesting conditions. And then if you're lucky enough, you know, you get clearings where the sky just absolutely lights up and that it gives the, gives the entire landscape, no matter where you're at to a completely different feel. I, Alaska is probably my, my favorite place to photograph. Um, it's just, it's a, it's at a different scale than the lower 48 and it, it's a unique experience, which I think is very important too, because, um, you know, for a lot of these parks, we, you know, it's, you know, we drive up, you know, to a nice viewpoint and, uh, we set our cameras up and we shoot a similar scene that, you know, thousands, you know, if not hundreds of thousands of people, you know, also do, which is fine. You know, it's, it's great to kind of document a place and, and get your image of an iconic location. But, 
what I, you know, I think as I, as I've grown as a photographer too, the, the thing I love most is kind of finding, finding the new, you know, I'm, I'm pushed to, to, you know, find whether it's a new location or a unique composition at a, at a well-known place. Um, that really drives me and what I'm looking for in my photography. And there's no better place in Alaska. Yeah. One of the things that I liked when you wrote that, um, blog post for us was the emphasis on um going to places where not everybody goes i think what did we call it the stand here and take a picture yeah, and kind of. yeah and i and yeah. i like that because i feel it sort of pushes your creativity a little bit because it's not taking the picture that you've seen somewhere else before it's like you know standing up or crouching down or waiting for the light to change or yeah. moving a little to the left a little to the right to find that that spot instead of just having you know a you know a little signpost that says you know view here What's um, what's the coolest uh, photography-related thing that you've done? Um, so what's I, the coolest I moment it, in Matt life? Yeah, I think it'd have to be. I think it would be uh, last summer. So I planned a a trip I'd been planning for a long time with uh, my good photographer friend. Uh, his name's Max Foster, and then one of my friends from back in Wisconsin. And um, there's a very remote section of the Canadian Rockies in Jasper National Park. Uh, you know, we found an area we wanted to shoot to uh, Mount Columbia. It's the highest peak in Alberta. And we wanted to see if we could get a vantage point uh, of this mountain. And there seemed to be a, a lake at the base of it fed by a glacier. And there was icebergs. So we had all these grand ideas. The only problem is access uh, can be extremely difficult. So there's two options. Uh, one is taking a helicopter. The other option was to hike in uh, on an off-trail route, um, go over a really tall mountain pass that was extremely sketchy, and then pack raft out. And we opted for the second option. So I planned this route. Uh, There's no trails, and we ended up hiking maybe 25 to 30 miles off-trail. And then I somehow convinced all my friends that we should either purchase or rent um, pack rafts. So pack raft uh, is, is basically an inflatable raft, and uh, they're so packable that you know you can collapse them to about the size of an Nalgene uh, bottle, maybe a little larger. But uh, wow. it, it's crazy. I mean, they, they weigh my, my pack raft weighs five pounds, and I mean it's very. I, I think it's very uh, popular in Alaska too. But yeah, you can run yep. extreme rapids. But we had never done that. I mean, we had maybe kayaked, you know, here and there, but we had never run rapids and uh, hadn't done anything. We just had these pack rafts. Um, we actually found someone who'd done the trip before and told us, you know, we'd see class two rapids. And we felt that, you know, we had outdoor experience and we could, you know, if we were geared, geared up correctly, we could kind of, uh, you know, handle that. So we did this insane route. I mean, it was just, uh, it was extremely taxing. I mean, I think we had three or 4,000 feet elevation gain on our first day. We had to climb, up a, climb over a pass. And uh, with the pack rafts, and the pack rafts are light, but you need to carry paddles, you know, life, life vest, uh, you know, helmet, things like that. And then we had all our camera gear. So our packs were really heavy. So we did that for about two or three days. One of our, our our last days, you know, we had we'd gotten to Mount Columbia and, and did everything we wanted, and it came to uh, pack rafting out. 
so we were all really nervous. You know, we didn't know what to expect, and we were on this you know huge, huge expanse of river. You know, it was the Athabascan River is what we were gonna put in on. So we were nervous. Uh, we you know we we were kind of in the middle of nowhere, away from anything, and uh, it was something new, obviously. So we inflated our pack crafts, got all our gear set up, and uh, you know we 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 start going on the river, and uh, the first. I don't know, 10 miles or so of the river, it was great, nice and calm. I mean, we're even, um, you know, we're, we're hitting bottom in some spots, but ni- nice flow, you know, we're picking what braid we want. And uh, after that, so we start running into class two, and we're having a blast, and we're having fun. And uh, all of a sudden, we start hear- you know, turning corners. It's like one of those movies where, you know, you're floating down the river in a rowboat, and, you you know, you hear a massive waterfall up you know ahead and you can hear it and you just have nothing you can do and you know something like that so we, we start hearing sounds like that and uh we start coming around these corners and we are way over our heads in terms of the rapids we're running into you know i i, I don't know enough to categorize it as class two plus or class three but you know we're in inflatable rafts that <laughs> you know and this is our first time we're bouncing all over and like we we have no idea what we're what we're doing in terms of it, like handling rapids things like that and awesome. um yeah it was it was awesome but you know we were kind of like looking back we we're kind of separated like oh what's going on this is you know crazy we're getting soaked with water and uh so we're going down and my friend from Wisconsin um, he hits a bump or something, but he gets thrown out of his raft. His raft flips. Uh, he loses his paddle, and we're kind of in a treacherous section of the rapids. So he's, you know, he's bouncing around. He doesn't have a wetsuit. He's able to grab onto his raft and, um, you know, kind of make his way to shore. He he's kind of stuck in not near not in the middle, but near the edge on, on a rock, kind of still stuck in the rapids. And I'm in front of him. You know, I'm getting pushed downstream by the current, and I'm trying to paddle back, and I just can't. Thankfully, his his paddle flows right into me, and I'm able to paddle across the river really quick, pick it up, and then get to the edge. So I I get his paddle, get to the edge. Uh, my other friend Max was behind him, and Max is able to kind of walk out there, uh, pull him out of the river, get his raft. Um, so we get wow. him over, and he's. You know, I would think it was more like shock and being nervous, but we, we, we were – the river's cold, right? I mean, it's mid-July, right. but – well, it's – I guess it was the beginning of August. But the river's cold, um, so I'll, I, I grabbed my uh, – I actually grabbed my stove, and I light up my stove, and I just grab some driftwood and just throw it over the stove, and we light up a fire really quick. And we're all huddled around this fire, and, like, after a while, the, the shock kind of wears off my friend from Wisconsin who flipped, but – we're all sitting there like, you know, we have another 20 miles to raft and, uh, you know, we are clearly in over our heads and I've done a lot in the backcountry. I mean, I was pretty much a backcountry ranger, you know, in, in Rainier and I'd spent a lot of time, you know, I'd never mountaineered or anything, but you know, I'd, I'd been in the wild enough. And, uh, this is the first time where I was like, <laughs> I'm kind of nervous if we're going to make it out of here <laughs> or not. <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, it was, it it was it was kind of scary, but all, you know, we put our fire out, we loaded up our rafts again, and we we ended up having another about five miles of, of really serious rapids, and we were able to, you know, we ran it okay, we were really nervous and getting thrown around, and we weren't having fun, but we were able to run that okay, 
And then the Athabascan kind of really opened up and uh, we got down the valley and we're able to kind of cruise out. Uh, we cruised probably, I don't know, 20 miles or so on the river and actually a huge thunderstorm came in. There's lightning striking on the river. So we pulled off to the side. We actually had marked a, a, a you know, there's a trail close to a pullout spot. So we pulled out, actually packed everything out and hiked the last three or four miles uh, out on the trail. But I just remember, you know, getting back to, uh, getting back to, or the, getting to the head of that trailhead. I was just so ecstatic to, <laughs> to finally get out. And that had been at like the end of it, you know, that was three weeks pretty much. I'd been away from home. So I was kind of homesick and was worried if we were going to get out of the Canadian Rockies wilderness. But it was the craziest trip I've done. Um, definitely would probably uh, look more into some rafting techniques and stuff, but it, it was awesome. And, uh, and ended up getting you know a really nice shot that I liked, but uh, you know we spent. A lot, yeah, I was gonna say, how was your camera? How's your camera equipment after that? Do you have yeah, dry it was, bags? It so it was in dry bags. So I have a a Ziploc area on my on my pack wraps. So I can actually unzip it, and before I inflate it, I can actually stick gear into the sides of of my raft. So I put in dry bags and I stuck it in kind of the tube tubing of my raft, and I closed it up and then I inflated it. We had found this magnificent waterfall, just a, a perfect natural composition flowing into this mountain, these mountains. I remember telling Max, I'm like, you know, I just need to find a way to get my SD card out of here safe. I really want those images. Our music is from Blue Dot Sessions. You can find them on the web at sessions.blue. Until next time, fair winds. But yeah, it was a great, it was a great trip. It was a learning experience, and you know I'm lucky that you know we can talk about it and stuff like that. But that that kind of tops it all for me. You know, I've spent a lot of time with uh, you know I've had I've had really intense brown bear encounters in Lake Clark National Park in Alaska. But that that pack rafting trip still kind of sticks out to me.